Welcome to the Eat Better, Feel Better podcast. I'm Lisa Swabel. Let's dive in. So today we're going to be talking about a topic that um, I think a lot of people do suffer from, and it's something that people don't really still talk about. It's still quite taboo, and that is constipation. For some reason, us Brits, we don't want to talk about our poos. We don't want to talk about our toilet habits. Um, you know, it's it's a real sort of difficult subject for some people to talk about, but it's really important because constipation can really, really get you down and it can be a real struggle for some people, but it's also something that we can resolve quite easily just by making a few simple changes. So that's what I thought we would cover today. So what I wanted to talk about first is what um, a normal poo should look like, because I think, again, it's not something that we really talk about very much. I mean, when was the last time you talked about your toilet habits with your partner? probably not very recently. Okay, so who should really look like, and I'm going to be a bit graphic here, it should look like a reasonably long brown, middle brown colour sausage. It can be a little bit bumpy, but it should generally be smooth. It should come out quite easily. Um, there definitely shouldn't be any blood in your poo, no undigested food in your poo, and no sort of fat in your in your poo and your poo shouldn't really like bloat. There shouldn't be like fatty bits in it. So if you've got any of those things, undigested food, blood or fat in your poo, then it really is a time to be looking at your gut health and really thinking about what's going on. Either go to your GP and talk to your GP um, or schedule to have a functional stool test done, something like that. But I would say, especially if there's blood in your poo, you should be going to the doctor and getting that checked out. 99 times out of 100 it's absolutely nothing but we all know that it's better to be safe than sorry and the doctor will you know be more than happy to chat to you about your toilet and your poo habits so please don't be embarrassed please go so you should be doing a poo every day so and I say that and I think some people go really every day but um you know I think on you know a lot of websites will stay as long as you're going you know two to three times a week that's enough in my opinion that's not enough. And if you're having a healthy diet and you're getting enough of all the foods that I'm going to be talking about, then you should be able to do a poo every day, sometimes even twice a day. So anything more than three times a day, I would say the problem the other way. Um, so the optimal is to do a poo at least once a day. So um, that's something else to be thinking about. So if you're, if you don't feel like it's a struggle to go to the toilet, but you're only really doing a, a poo like twice a week or even three times a week or four times a week I would still be considering some of the points I'm going to talk about today because you know pooing regularly is really important so don't just think oh that's my body I've been like this for years try and work out what's going on and try and see if you can improve that through some of the simple suggestions that I'm going to make so first of all why is it important that we actually do poo every day so it's really important because pooing is our way, obviously, of excreting the food waste and the toxins from our body. If we're not pooing every day, this um, waste, it's building up in our body, it's backing up in our system, and it can cause a lot of problems. So when food, undigested food, sits in the gut and it's not being broken down properly and being made into poo, the problem with that is it can putrefy, it can cause gas, it can cause bloating, it can be really quite uncomfortable. And then also because the poo is sitting in your stomach, in your gut for too long, that can cause for some of the toxins to get 
reabsorbed into the bloodstream. Some of these toxins might go up into the cross the blood brain barrier and cause sort of um, fatigue or men like brain fog or you know uh, issues with concentration. So that can be due to like a sluggish gut. Um, it can also mean that some of your hormones, if you're when you use a hormone, the hormones meant to go through the the um, liver, get broken down, get deactivated, get conjugated, these are all parts of liver function, and then it goes into the gut to be pooed out with your poo. If you're um, you're not pooing these hormones out, the problem is that they then end up going back into circulation in the bloodstream and they end up going back around your body and that can really interfere with a lot of hormone signaling as well. So if you're somebody with you know estrogen dominance, making sure that you're pooing regularly is really important to get that estrogen out of your body you know, efficiently. Um, so there's lots of reasons why we want to be pooing regularly. And also for um, a weight loss perspective, you know, I know a lot of people on Eat Better Feel Better, they're looking for weight loss. And if you're not pooing regularly, it's really hard to see that nudge on the scales, you know, because everything's just basically building up and backing up in the body. So it really can be quite unpleasant for a lot of people. So there's lots of different causes um, for constipation. So we're going to look at some of the more common causes today as well. Um, and I've broken these down into sort of dietary causes, functional causes, and then more sort of like emotional and mental well-being causes. So from a dietary perspective, there's certain things that you definitely would start with. You know, if you've got constipation, these are the first few things that I would look at. I've actually put them, you know, pretty much in order of what I think is the first to address. So the very first thing that I think you should be addressing if you've got any kind of constipation, you're not going regularly enough, is your dehydration, is your water intake, because dehydration is absolutely the number one cause of um, constipation and not pooing regularly. So if you don't think, and a lot of people don't, drink enough water, then please, please, please start with that. Start increasing your water intake and just seeing if that makes a difference for you with your pooing habits. So we should be drinking... I would say at least a litre and a half of water a day. Obviously, if it's very hot or you're exercising, then you you know, you know might need more water than that. But generally, day to day, if you're drinking a litre and a half of water daily, then that should be enough to sort of keep everything going. Um, so please have a think about that. I'm going to talk about more about how you can support hydration later on um, in this talk. Um, another common cause of constipation is a lack of fibre. So... Fiber doesn't really, you know, it's not really the most glamorous thing to talk about. And then I guess I'm talking about poo. So maybe fiber does sound glamorous when you're thinking about pooing. But anyway, fiber is a really important part of our diet. And it's something that a lot of people don't get enough of. So in fact, we're meant to be getting around 35 grams of fiber a day. And I think the average in the UK is about 17 grams. That's the average intake at the moment. So a lot of us aren't getting anywhere near enough fiber. And the problem is that that can impact our ability to form a good poo. So fiber acts as, it does a few different things, fiber. First of all, it feeds all the bacteria in our gut, then the bacteria make a lot of our poo and forms a lot of our poo. And also it acts a, it's a bit like a broom and it clears out our gut for us and helps to get rid of any buildup of um, waste products or toxins or whatever that are in the gut. So fiber has a really, really key role to play in your digestive health and in supporting you making a healthy poo. So please think about your fiber intake if you are constipated. So that might be something like, um, you know, there's different types of fiber. You've got the soluble fiber and the insoluble fiber. 
I'm not going to go into loads of different details about all the different types of fiber, but fundamentally you want to make sure that you're getting loads and loads of fruits and vegetables over the course of your day. And then you're going to be getting enough fiber. You fiber also comes in the form of whole grains and so things like brown rice, brown pasta, potatoes, um, whole grain breads and things like that. But I would say, you know, especially if you're looking to sort of increase your nutrient intake and lead a healthy diet, then you could get most of your fiber quite easily from the vegetables and the fruits that you should be eating. And on eat better, feel better, I say to go for, I think it's seven cups of fruits and vegetables a day, mainly vegetables. Uh, lunch and dinner, your plate should be full of vegetables. You know, half your plate needs to be a salad or a selection of vegetables for lunch and for dinner. And maybe you'll have a cup of blueberries with your breakfast. Maybe you'll have a couple of vegetables um, to snack on mid-afternoon. So before you know it, you've got sort of your six, seven cups of vegetables and one of fruit a day. So that's what you want to be aiming for. And I think most, a lot of clients, when they first come to me, the it's really dinner time is the first time the whole day that they're getting any kind of vegetables or fruit in their in their diet. So waiting until the evening to get your fiber is just not good enough. You need to be having fiber all throughout the day. Another um, dietary issue can be um, a lack of healthy fats. So, you know, a lot of us were brought up on the fat-free revolution and cutting fat out of our diet and everything had to be low fat this and fat-free that. And the, the problem with that is that we've lost um, a lot of the healthy fats from our diet. And these healthy fats also help to lubricate our digestive tract and to help the poo on its way. So it is important to think about, are you getting enough fat in your diet, enough healthy fat? So things like avocados, olive oils, oily fish, nuts and seeds, which are also very high in fiber, um, would help. So just trying to make sure you're getting some healthy fats in your diet could also help with constipation. So then they're like the key dietary thing to think about. So hydration, fiber and fat. They're the ones that I would say you want to address if you're um, struggling with some constipation. From a functional perspective, there's a few things that could be happening that could be causing your constipation. So the first one to think about is your digestive function. So what do I mean by this? I mean, are you making enough stomach acid because are you actually breaking down the food that's coming into your stomach efficiently? So when it gets into, you know, the small intestines and the large intestines, is it actually, um, you know, is it ready? Is it partially digested already for the microbes to do their thing? So having a good level of stomach acid is really important. And again, a common thing that I see um, with clients is a lot of people are on things like omeprazole for acid reflux and they're on it for years and years and years. And what that's doing is it's reducing the amount of stomach acid they're making. So if you think about the stomach as being, you know, a really key part of your digestive system and a really key function for digestive health and you're intentionally cutting and reducing the, the stomach acid, that's going to really impact your digestion and therefore impact your ability to poo regularly. Um, you could also need to think about certain uh, nutrients that are really important for making your stomach acid. So things like zinc and vitamin A are really important for stomach acid. So thinking about nutrients is important there. Um, also from a functional perspective, we've got our digestive enzymes. So we've got those in our stomach and also um, throughout our digestive system. And they break down all the different food groups that we're eating. So they break down um, the, the sugars in the carbohydrates. They break down the amino acids in the protein. They break down the lipids in our fat. Um, things like lactate breaks down the lactose, the sugar in our milk. 
Um, so if you're somebody that's dairy intolerant, it, it means that maybe you don't have the lactase enzymes to break down milk. So enzymes are really important. And again, some people may not be so efficient at making their um, amylase enzyme, for example, to break down glucose. So digestive enzymes is another reason why potentially you may not be breaking down and um, digesting your food efficiently and therefore not being able to make a decent poo. Once you get into the um, the digestive tract, once you get into your small intestines and your large intestines, you've then got all the microbes there that are going to be breaking down the food even more. So a key role of your gut microbes, the bacteria in your gut, is to break down your food so that A, you can absorb the nutrients and B, so that you can make a good poo. So actually, something like 80% of your poo is dead microbes, which is fascinating. I think it's amazing. So it's really important that you're looking after your gut microbes so that your healthy microbes can break down your food properly for you and help you to make a proper poo. So that's when we talk about things that prebiotics and probiotics. So we've heard about these things before, and I'm going to talk about those a bit more later as when I'm talking about some solutions for you for um, constipation. But at the moment, just be aware that poor gut health could be a reason why you're struggling with constipation now. Moving on to some other um, issues that can cause constipation. Another really common one could be that it actually, instead of being um, like a, a digestive juices issue in terms of your um, stomach acid or your enzymes or even your microbes, it could be more of a, a muscular issue going on. There's something called the migrating motor complex, which is a chain of muscles that work through the digestive system and basically shuffle the the waste products and the, what becomes your poo along the digestive tract and keeps it moving through so it can come out in your bum. So it's really important to make sure that your migrating motor complex is working efficiently. So it could be that maybe this system is a little bit slow for you. So we're going to talk about some ways that you can improve the muscular function of your digestive tract as well. And then another thing that you could think about um, is liver function. So as we get older, you know, our livers naturally get a little bit sluggish. If, you, if you're somebody that's sort of had quite an unhealthy diet for a while, um, you know, in previous years, and you've built up a lot of um, fat around the liver, fatty liver disease, not necessarily disease, but even just like the start of it, a little build up of fat around the liver, that can certainly make your liver a bit sluggish and mean that it's not sort of detoxifying so efficiently. And that can in turn knock on an impact the, um, the efficiency of your digestive tract to actually poo efficiently. So somebody that's really struggled with constipation, if we've looked at everything else on my list, then you know I'll start to look at liver function for them as well. And then just moving on to some sort of more emotional, mental well-being aspects of constipation. So of course, you know, we know about things like IBS, we know that stress is a massive factor. And one thing that can happen when we're very stressed is that everything can clench up and our digestive system can literally just stop working. So constipation can certainly be driven by stress. So it's really important that we think about, are we putting our body too much into that stress mode, that fight and flight mode and everything kind of freezing up? And how can we sort of address stress to maybe try and help that system, you know, to move along better? And sometimes it can also be that maybe if we're not sleeping very well, that can mess things up because when we're, you know, at nighttime and when we're sort of not stressed, we're the opposite of that is rest and digest phase. And part of that is the digestive system cleaning itself out and, you know, having a reset and refreshing and literally processing everything from the day and getting ready for a nice big poo in the morning.
So it could be that stress and poor sleep and raised cortisol are making it difficult for your body to get into that rest and digest phase to really help the digestive system process the food that you've eaten over the course of the day. So those are my sort of top causes of um, constipation. So just to run through them very quickly again, it's dehydration, a lack of fiber, lack of healthy fats, could be a um, low stomach acid, low, low um, digestive enzyme, poor microbiome balance, so your gut bacteria. It could be muscular, it could be poor liver function, it could be stress um, and poor sleep. Then one more thing that I haven't mentioned yet, and that is thyroid health. So thyroid can also impact um, how regularly you're doing a poo. So the reason for that is your thyroid controls a lot of your metabolism. And so very commonly, um, constipation can be a sign of a sluggish and slow digestive system. And that in itself is a sign of a sluggish and slow thyroid. So sometimes somebody may not have sort of an underactive thyroid in, in the true clinical sense of the word, but if their thyroid has got like a little bit slow and it's not really sort of working as well as it could, the way that can present could be constipation. So it's definitely worth thinking about your thyroid health a little bit as well and making sure that your thyroid is as supported as possible. So if you're somebody that suffered with really chronic constipation, then what I recommend that you do is you do what we call a functional stool test. So it's not the same as the stool test that your GP will do for you at your NHS surgery. They tend to just test a couple of markers in your poo and they're looking more for things like um, uh, like colon cancer and things like that and for blood in the stools and for inflammation markers. They're not really looking at the whole spectrum of the functional side of your digestive um, health. So a functional stool test is going to be what you want to do. And it's really simple. All you do is you get the test sent to you at home um, and you do a little poo. Um, you collect the poo and you put little samples in the test tubes and we send them back to the lab. And three weeks later, we get a wonderful, it's like a 10 page report and it covers everything. So it looks at the markers for your body. So looking at things like your digestive enzymes and your pancreatic function, your liver function, your inflammation markers. So it looks at all those kinds of things that are really helpful and indicative of what might be going on with regard to your sort of functional um, digestive health. And then there's also loads and loads of markers read for the bacteria living in your gut. So it will look at things like um, if you've got yeast overgrowth, fungal overgrowth, if you've got um, different bacteria, you know, some bacteria are friendly bacteria and they help us to make a lot of um, good quality poo. And then you've got other bacteria that, um, that can cause a lot of gas and a lot of bloating and make actually make you more prone to constipation and not digest your food very well. So a functional stool test can be really helpful for knowing where to actually, you know, really target a protocol to make sure that we can really, really support your constipation properly. But I would say try some of the things I'm going to suggest first and then see if those help. And if you notice an improvement, then great. And if you don't notice an improvement, then it may be worth considering a functional stool test just to really find out what is going on in your gut. Um, another thing that you we can do sometimes in clinic is sometimes I send clients for blood tests um, and then we're testing for things like their full thyroid panel to see how their thyroid panel, their thyroid health is, is their thyroid working as well as it could. And also look at some of their blood um, lipid markers, so for like metabolic health, just to see how that's all going. You know, maybe they have, you know, their fat's too high or too low and things like that, or maybe they're a bit low in zinc. 
which might be causing poor digestion or vitamin D. So they're, they're certainly, you know, a full blood test can be helpful here as well. So they're the two tests that you would want to be thinking about doing if you wanted to investigate your constipation further. So what can we do diet-wise to improve our constipation? So there's lots that we can do. And obviously, um, I've spoken already about how hydration is really important. So the first thing I want to say to you is if you are not pooing every day, please, please, please think about increasing your water intake. So one of my favorite tricks I recommend to clients is take um, a water bottle and have one that's got a built-in straw. So instead of faffing around, taking a lid off and trying to like tilt your head upside down and then all the water spills all over you, just get a lovely water bottle and a pretty color with a straw and then you can just slip it wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it's super easy. So I take mine with me in the car and I will have um, a few sips at traffic lights. Um, I have it on the sofa with me. So when I'm watching TV, I can have water. I take it to bed. So I've got water if I want it in the night. Um, it's in my handbag with me. It's, I basically have my water with me everywhere. And it really does make a difference because it means that over the course of the day, I'm drinking plenty of water. So I would say, fill your water bottle up in the morning try and finish it by lunchtime, at lunchtime refill it, and then obviously try and finish that second bottle by the time you've had your dinner. And then that's gonna be plenty of water for the day. So if you really don't like the taste of plain water, I think you're really odd because water doesn't really taste of anything and it's completely natural. But if you're one of these people that really hates the taste of plain water, then try adding some cucumber to it or some fresh strawberries to it. Um, or mint leaves or a slice of lemon or even a piece of ginger to your water. Um, all those flavours can be really good at encouraging you to drink more water. So you can try any of those as well. Another thing you can do to support hydration is to reduce your caffeine intake. Coffee and caffeine really, really does dehydrate us. So really, for every cup of coffee you drink, you should be having two glasses of water anyway to replenish the uh, fluids. So trying to, if you're a big, big coffee drinker, and you're somebody that's drinking coffee all day instead of water, that's really going to impact your toilet habits. So really think about reducing your caffeine and supporting your water intake. Um, also reduce your processed foods. So I'm saying that because often we're filling up on processed foods during the course of the day and processed foods very typically are low in healthy fats and fiber um, and they're not going to help your gut bacteria at all. So processed food, um, you know, really should be, anyone should be reducing their processed food intake anyway, but particularly if you've got constipation because it's stopping you from having a higher fiber food and it's probably really um, feeding all the bad bacteria in your gut. So processed food is, is something that you should really be cutting out if you're struggling with going to the toilet. Of course, I'm gonna say increase your um, fiber food. So as I said earlier, you want to try and get um, some fibre in every meal time, really. So having maybe some oats and blueberries in your breakfast or adding some flax or chia seeds to your breakfast, that can really help. Um, they're high in fibre. Making sure with lunch, half your plate is vegetables or salad or having a piece of fruit after your lunch. 
Um, again, dinner should be the same. Half a plate should be different types of vegetables and go for all different textures. You know, when I'm talking about fiber foods here, any vegetables, any fruit really will do. Obviously, sort of the more fibrous, the better to so things like um, celery, asparagus, um, butternut squash, um, avocado, anything like that, really high in fiber. But to be honest, any vegetable is going to be a benefit to you. So I would definitely increase the vegetable intake. You can also look at things like whole grains as well for fiber. But I would say because we're trying to ensure that we're getting, you know, a massive range of all the lovely nutrients that, you know, increasing your vegetable intake would be a really helpful way to increase your pooing. Um, also, you want to bring in lots of prebiotic foods to feed all your friendly bacteria in your gut. So some of those will be your high fiber foods and so things like asparagus, leeks, onions, garlic. They're all great for feeding your friendly bacteria. Oats are good for feeding your friendly bacteria. Um, what other prebiotic foods are good? Um, dairy can be good for feeding your um, friendly bacteria. So any kind of prebiotic foods are going to be a benefit here. Um, and then also increasing your probiotic food. So those are generally what we call our fermented food. So that's things like um, kefir or yogurt, anything that's fermented has got the live bacteria in it. So it's basically putting all the friendly bacteria back into your stomach. So don't go for something like an actamel that's full of sugar and actually isn't really going to be much benefit at all. Go for like a plain Greek yogurt or a really good um, natural kefir and flavor it yourself with a handful of blueberries and strawberries for extra fiber. Um, and that would be a really good option for free feeding the friendly bacteria in your gut. Um, other things you could try things like kimchi and sauerkraut. So these are basically um, fermented vegetables. So they're really good. Um, if you're not used to having those sorts of foods, then what I would say is start with a small amount, so maybe just like one teaspoon and maybe put it on some hummus and some avocado, something like that, and just try that and see how you get on with it. And if you tolerate it well, you can increase it and have more and more of it. But it's just something you start off slow and low and see how you get on with it. Um, things like prunes and kiwis are also great um, for helping you to go regularly. So those, those old wise tales certainly do work. So if you're struggling with constipation, you know, a couple of kiwis a day, if you can keep the skin on, then do that. So blitz them in um in a smoothie or chop them up and add them to your yogurt or your kefir. That's going to be a great option. The same with prunes, um, you know, tinned prunes, go for the ones in water, not in syrup. Um, but they're going to be great for helping you to go as well. So I recommend that you bring some of those into your diet. Um, and of course, healthy fats as well are going to be beneficial. They're going to help lubricate the digestive tract. So lots of avocados, lots of olive oil, um, lots of oily fish. Just, just think about how that's going to like help to move everything along, keep everything going nice and soft. So that's something to think about. With regards to supplements... So supplements, we want to be thinking about things um, that are going to support our stomach acid production. You can actually take um, a stomach acid supplement, HCL. Um, so you could take something that's actually giving you the stomach acid back. You can either do it in, in a liquid form or even tablet form um, will help to boost stomach acid. Um, or you could do it by just supporting all the nutrients that help to make stomach acid. So things like zinc, A, C, and D are all vitamins that your body needs 
um, to make stomach acids, so you could be doing that. Um, you could try supplementing with digestive enzymes and see how that helps you. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very simple. You're just taking a little capsule um, after breakfast, lunch and dinner, and that might just help to um, ease the digestion a little bit and might just help to, to form a better stool for you, a better poo for you. So digestive enzymes can really help. Um, taking a good omega-3 supplement, a nice fish oil might help, again, for that lubrication of that digestive tract. Um, if you think it's your thyroid that needs a bit of support, you could look at taking a thyroid complex that might just give your thyroid a little bit of a boost and help um, your digestion that way. So something that's got tyrosine and iodine and selenium in would be really helpful. There's lots of wonderful you know, thyroid complexes out there. So I recommend that you could try something like that. Um, I would say try it for a good sort of six to eight weeks before you really know if it's if that's making a difference. But it's certainly something I would consider trying if um, the, digest the dietary changes haven't really helped. Then I would look at supporting thyroid and seeing if that helps to get things moving. Um, other supplements you can try. You could try a liver support supplement that can help sometimes So something with a bit of milk thistle in can be really helpful. Obviously, stop drinking alcohol and having all the processed foods that might be damaging your liver and trying to help the liver work as well as possible. Um, ashwagandha is a lovely herb to helping us to get into that rest and digest mode and to blunting those cortisol spikes when we're stressed. Um, and it can also help us to sleep better. So ashwagandha is a lovely soothing um, herb that you can bring in that might help um, just to kind of rest and digest the body and help the digestive system along. Um, and also magnesium, you know, magnesium, a lot of us have, are deficient in magnesium. So magnesium can be really helpful here. Um, there's lots of different forms of magnesium. So you want one that's got citrate or oxide in it. They're the two that really specifically help with um, a, attracting water to your poo in the, in the digestive system and helping to form a healthier poo. So if you're constipated, magnesium citrate or oxide can be really helpful. Or you could also just try having a bath in some Epsom salts, you know, just the absence of um, soaking in a nice warm bath can be really helpful. But the Epsom salts have got magnesium in them and that soaks through the skin and goes into um, all the muscles around your stomach and that can help to relax things and help move things along. So you could certainly try um, Epsom salt bath in the evening and a magnesium citrate or oxide um, supplement as well and see if that helps to get things moving the next morning. Um, that's quite an efficient way to do things as well. Um, and then lifestyle wise, there's a few things that you could be trying as well. So I would certainly try doing some really good breath work again, because that's going to help to relax everything and bring lots of oxygen down into the, the digestive tract. So taking some really lovely deep breaths and holding them and then letting them go really gently and just really oxygenating everything that could be very helpful doing some nice gentle stretching again can really help to sort of move that migrating motor complex along and help with um your digestive system you can even try massaging um in like an anti-clockwise around your stomach and just trying to help things move along the colon that way um so that's really quite a nice thing to try um when you're sitting on the loo you know, keep your legs raised a little bit and take your time. You know, if you're trying to, if you're in a rush and you're trying to do a poo quickly and there's kids banging on the door or the dog barking or, you know, you know you've got to get out of the house in five minutes. It's not a conducive way to like relax all your muscles and to help a poo come out. So try and give yourself some time 
and sit so that your legs are slightly raised so the ankles a bit better and that might just be enough just to help get things moving for you um and walking is also really lovely you know it's a gentle exercise it's not going to spike your cortisol but again that sort of that continuous movement of the walking can sometimes help to move things along and get things going. So that's another thing that you could try. So I hope you found that helpful and I look forward to seeing you next time.